to this episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vesugian here with you. Hope you guys are enjoying your week. It's, uh, I've got to say, uh, things are starting to feel better now. You guys know me. I hate the cold so much. We were complaining about that recently. Weather's getting warmer, at least in uh, in my area. Hopefully that's the case uh, where you guys are. And as far as this pandemic goes, uh, things seem to be moving in the right direction. There seems to be a lot more optimism with that so hopefully you guys are staying safe and uh, enjoying the good weather uh any way you can hey i'm really excited for this episode of farce cast uh this is uh this is a guy who i've been wanting to talk to for quite some time on the podcast i'm very excited he's on right now i'm sure you guys are familiar with him if you guys Watch some Netflix. Uh, he was featured on Last Chance You. He is the voice of the ICC, the Independence Community College Pirates. Jeff Carpenter joining us right now on the podcast. Jeff, thank you so much for making time for us. How are you? Hey, Farzine, I'm doing great, brother. Uh, I appreciate being on your show, man. Um, you know, like I say, you got a great setup, and it, it's just nice to be a part of it. Thank you. No, I appreciate that, man. I I've got to say, um, I'm a huge fan of the series. I really am, and uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. I, I wanted to talk, one of the things I do on the podcast is I like to talk to people from all kinds of industries and kind of understand what they do uh, and maybe learn about things that they do that maybe we don't know in general. And and I kind of am curious to know about uh, how things have impacted you and the college. Um, uh, with the pandemic, it will touch on last chance. You, of course, a lot of people know you from uh, the series as well. But I've got to ask: uh, since we last saw you uh, on Last Chance, you, uh, how have things been uh, with you in terms of your uh, your job as the uh, as the voice of the Pirates? Uh, you know, it's been great. I'm still active with Independence Community College as the voice of the Pirates, and um, you know, right now, presently, I'm doing basketball for the Pirates for both uh, women and men. So that's keeping me pretty busy uh, getting ready for the spring football season for the Jayhawk Juco Conference. So that's going to be a different twist. Um, the Pirates, Dream U Pirates, actually start their season uh, on Friday, March 26th. We host Butler in Independence. So, man, we're going right into it. It's going to be going full speed, and uh, I'm nice. excited for that. And, of course, the Pirates, we have a new head coach now. Um Kiyoshi Harris, he took a new job. Uh, congratulations to him taking a new job at Boise State uh, as the director of player personnel for the Broncos. And uh, I'm really happy for him. He's a good friend of mine. And, and another good friend of mine is the new head coach, uh, Jason Martin, who was the former defensive coordinator for five years for Independence. So Pirate uh, fortunes are in good hands with Coach Martin and his staff coming in, and uh, we're just excited to get the football season going. I remember you mentioned uh, on the series that uh, you uh, were born and raised at Independence, and correct me if I'm wrong, you you also played college football there. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, way back in the day, man. We did have face masks when I played, but yeah, it was like in 78, 79. So it was a long time. Uh, what does it mean to you? And, and talking about your uh, journey as a broadcast, we were actually chatting about this a little bit before, but I'll let you um, say it for everyone listening. Uh, you've got kind of a unique story. Uh, how did you make that transition from uh, playing uh, football, uh, college football for your own hometown to being uh, behind the mic. 
Yeah, man, it was um, it was really just kind of on a farce or a dare, quite honestly. Uh, some friends and I, we were listening to one of our local broadcasts on the radio, and you know how buddies can be. You know, they think, oh, man, you're great. You can do this. You can do that. And so they kept kind of egging me on saying, man, you need to be the voice. You need to be doing the broadcast. You know, you're better than this guy. And I was like, man, he's doing all right. He's doing okay. And you know, it just kept going on and on and it was almost like a dare, you know, and, yeah. um, and I don't like being dared. I'm going to pretty much take any of those up. And so anyhow, I went down to the radio station here in independence and I talked to the general manager, Patty McCormick, super nice lady. And I explained to her, I was like, you know, I think I might want to try to do play by play, you know, for, for your radio station. And she says, Oh really? Well, do you have any, any experience? I said, absolutely none. And she goes, well, um, there's a KU game on TV tonight, and I want you to do your rendition and record it and bring it in to me, and I'll listen to it, which I did. Brought it in the next morning. She listened to it with me sitting right there and evidently liked it well enough. She gave me an opportunity to do the play-by-play. I uh, started out uh, with the high school, and then I matriculated over into the junior college for the Pirates, um, and my youngest son, Kane Carpenter, was my color commentary guy when I started out. And he's actually the play-by-play guy for the Independence High School Bulldogs since I moved on from high school to the college. So anyway, it was kind of a unique thing for me. I have no formal training, Farzine. I just have none. Um, I've listened to sports forever. I've always loved radio because for me, I think radio is the best of everything because we get to paint the picture. We're the storytellers. And to do that, I'm hoping my listeners feel like they're sitting right there at the game when I'm broadcasting. You know, it's so interesting for you because uh, of your journey. And, you know, here's the thing. Um, I actually said I didn't tell you this before, but I uh, went to Johnson County Community College. And uh, when I went there. uh, I I would talk to a couple of the student athletes uh, because I did some of the of the sports media there, uh, student media, I should say, covering some of the teams there. And they would come back and talk about how, uh, you know, when any of the places they went to on the road, uh, whether it's Indy or Hutch, wherever, you know, all these other community colleges in, in Kansas, they're, I mean, they have huge crowds for their games. Whereas in Johnson County, that's not really the case. And, I never really understood why. And then I kind of understood. It's like, listen, we're, we're in Johnson County. You know, we're part of the Kansas City area. Uh, there are a lot of things people have to do in the area, whereas a place like Independence or Hutch, wherever, uh, Garden City, um, there isn't a whole lot to do. The, the college is one of the biggest parts of uh, those small towns there. Uh, what is it like uh, being a part of uh, a junior college and, and announcing these games in terms of uh, the public reception, the crowds and all that? You know, it is a big deal. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, in Johnson County, there's a lot of other attractions. And when you're in a smaller community like Independence or Coffeyville or Hutch or Butler or wherever, um, you're pretty much the draw for the town, um, you know, and they back the teams, uh, you know, with a lot of enthusiasm. And, and Independence has always been a great sports town. Um, you know, quite honestly, we're really probably better known prior to Last Chance U for being a basketball community because the Independence Pirate men's team, we have three national championships, actually one back-to-back one back in 77, 78. So 
to have the Pirates turn into a football powerhouse when head coach, former head coach Jason Brown came to Independence and uh, last chance you, of course, followed him. Um, it was a big switch. And, you know, Independence as a football program, we'd always been the doormat in the Jayhawk Conference. Everybody scheduled us to be their homecoming game because they knew they were going to beat us and all that. And and I can't tell you, brother, how many games I've done as a broadcaster where it's 45 to nothing at halftime. Oh, man. And you really find out how um, adept you can be at being on the air for three and a half hours when your team's getting hammered by 45, 50, 60 points. And I'm getting excited when we get a first down. So, you know, th there's a lot of different things that come into play, but the town itself, they still rally around the program and the team. And, you know, we have a lot of boosters. We have a lot of fans that follow the Pirates. And now we have fans all over the world because of Last Chance U and, you know, its success and popularity behind Greg Wh Whiteley, who, basically created last chance you and the yeah. executive producer and his staff and and those guys are fantastic and they put independence kansas on the map worldwide but yeah it's cool to be a part of the pirate and be the voice of the pirates um and it's something i really enjoy doing um you know and it just i happened to be in the right place at the right time and last chance you showed up on the doorsteps of independence and the rest is history and that's where we're at right now I wanted to talk to you about play-by-play -play, because I've done that for student media and a little bit, uh, you know, outside of student media. I did I did it for uh, HN Varsity doing some high school games for their uh, online deal. Uh, it's a really tough thing, man. I, I, I was not really good at it, if I'm being honest. Uh, it's a fun it's a fun gig to do. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you didn't have any formal training doing this. And, I mean, look at you now uh, and everything you've done. Uh, can you just talk about the journey? Because uh, I've talked to... And I'm, I don't know if you know these people or if you've interacted with them. Uh, guys like Wyatt Thompson. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, his name escapes oh, me sure. right now. Um, uh, the former voice of the Chiefs in the, uh, in the, in the Jayhawks. He has a book on uh, sports broadcasting. Gosh, he's a legend. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, you know, <laughs> and, I'm you're, talking... and you're going to put me on the spot because I'm not going to remember his name either. No, <laughs> but I, I know mean, exactly I... who you're talking about. Yeah. And, and you know what, man, those guys are iconic, um, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you for play by play for me, Tom Hedrick, um, by the way, that's who it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, for me, it's, it's different every single time I go on the air. Uh, you know, I don't really go into play by play and do my broadcast with a script or, or a scripted format. Um, you know, I'm, I'm winging it basically. Now I have stats naturally and I can rely on them and so forth. But the truth of the matter is I don't go in with a perceived opening that I'm going to start my broadcast with. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to be an improvisational guy. And um, I think that's what brings a little more authenticity to your broadcast. And, and, you know, if somebody is sitting there on the other end and you're listening to them radio wise and they sound like they're reading something from a book, I'm not going to be very enter entertained by them. And so I really kind of just fly by the seat of my pants, so to speak, um, with each broadcast. And, and, you know, probably from doing play by play before there's some nights it comes really easy to you and things just flow. And I mean, yeah. the mic is hot and everything is just gelling and you're like, 
man, this is great. And then there's other nights, it's not quite as fluid and, and as smooth, but that to me is the attraction for play by play because I have to have a challenge for me personally to, to keep my attention and, and to get the desire to want to continue to do it. And I truly believe I've never had the perfect broadcast. I never want to have it because then I'll have nothing to look forward to. But, but yeah, it's, it's cool for me because it really gives me an opportunity to stay in the game and, you know, I kid people because now doing the independence uh, basketball games, they've moved me down court side. So I tell everybody I got rock star seating now because, you know, I'm right there on the court and I'm watching the game like people are flying into my table and stuff, you know, but that part of it, that's something that, you know, I, in, I'm endeared with because it really makes me feel like I'm a part of the team and, you know, I have a great rapport, quite honestly, with the players and the coaches. And I want that because I want to be that lifeblood in the part of the Pirates. I, I chuckled when you mentioned the courtside seating because I remember doing some uh, KU basketball games for the student media, uh, KJHK in uh, Lawrence. Uh, unfortunately, they're no longer courtside. The students are up in the – I don't know if you've been to Allen Fieldhouse or if you've seen uh, where the media sits in the rafters. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I've never personally been there. In fact, I was going to ask you oh. if you can hook me up with some tickets. So. <laughs> it might, might be hard to do nowadays. Um, no, you got to go if you ever get a chance. Because there's so much uh, media that wants to cover, they can't fit everyone courtside. So what they do is there is like a corner way up in the rafters where they have additional seating. Unfortunately, that's where student media is now. I don't know how student media is now with the pandemic, but uh, I remember, you know, we, we sat in the in the corner – um, and you know, I get texts from classmates, uh, friends during the game, like, Oh, I see you. And then, you know, during the week cl classmates would come up to me, tell me, Oh, you were right by the court. So it's kind of cool just being that close. Cause, uh, Alan Fieldhouse, I mean, so much has been made about that arena and, and you know, the story being a Kansas, uh, resident yourself. Um, by the way, I, the comment I was going to make talking about people like Tom Hedrick, Wyatt Thompson, um, uh, just people who I've been fortunate to come across in the past and just get advice from John Chalesnik as well. All of them have mentioned that the toughest part about play-by-play, -play, and you alluded to this earlier, if it's a blowout and you can still find a way to make it appealing to the audience, those are that's where you differentiate a good play-by-play -play announcer and a great play-by-play -play announcer because that is a very hard thing to do, man. And listen, I've I've announced some KU football games. Uh, they're not they're not fun to announce. They're not easy to announce. So so you, I know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about blowouts in those kinds of situations. It's not an easy thing to do, and you've got to be very creative and be able to give stories on the fly. Uh, be, essentially. Uh, Expect the unexpected. Be ready for everything because you never know what's going to come at you in these games. And that's absolutely right. I mean, we can't script how the games are going to unfold. And naturally, we'd love to think our team's going to be in it and it's going to be exciting. It's going to go down to the wire like a lot of the games did on Last Chance U in Season 3. I mean, that was a Cinderella season for us. And um, it was really exciting to be a part of that. But you're right. When a game gets away from you, uh, whether you're on the winning side of it or even worse yet on the losing side of it, and you're just getting pounded by 60 points or more, you've got to figure out a way how to keep your audience engaged. And, you know, the funny thing is, and just a real quick story, our former athletic director, 
uh, Tammy Romstead, who is actually uh, All-American at Kansas State University. Her jersey's up in the rafter rafters uh, as a Wildcat basketball player. She had told me, you know, one time she goes, you know, I was listening to your broadcast, you know, and we were playing Hutch or somebody and they were just pounding us like 50 some points around halftime. And she goes, Jeff, you made me feel like we actually had a chance in this game. And then she's like talking to somebody there that's sitting there with her in her house. And they're like, they don't have a chance. They don't even have a first down yet. What makes you think they're going to come back from being down 50 points here at halftime? But that, to me, made me feel good because I knew I was doing what I am supposed to do. I'm supposed to keep people engaged. After all, we've got sponsors, you know, that are sponsoring our broadcast. You don't want to lose your entire audience, and then you're talking to yourself, basically. So yeah. anyhow, that was, a, you know, a kudo to me that I've always taken to heart and, uh, you know, something that I thought was really cool that she mentioned. But you're right, man. It's tough to do. I mean, you know, when you're on that end of it, you better find some antidotes and some little crafty things to throw in there. And, you know, I mean, any story that you can peel away with is something you're going to have to bring to the broadcast. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you 12 months ago, obviously, Things got pretty crazy, you know, uh, uh, putting it simply. Um, I remember when they uh, canceled all these conference tournaments for college basketball, and then eventually they just completely nixed the NCAA tournament. Um, obviously, that was a very, very crazy moment. Uh, the NBA announced that they're postponing the season. The NHL followed up. Uh, obviously, the NFL draft was completely different. Yeah, you get the story. We were all there. Um, but my biggest thought was, what about, I mean, a place like KU or K-State, look, they'll be just fine. Uh, but a place like Independence, for instance, uh, I mean, a much smaller school, obviously, uh, how are they going to recover from this? Because there were some stories out there about some uh, college programs possibly folding or maybe not being able to continue or resume right away. It might take a couple of years because of how much this pandemic has impacted everybody, every business out there, uh, including uh, college programs. Um, what was it like uh, for you guys? Uh, and how have you guys kind of navigated through this pandemic? Well, it definitely was difficult, obviously, for us. Um, in fact, the entire J Kansas Jayhawk Conference you know, is still going through a difficult time and a phase and trying to phase back in fans coming to the game. I mean, right now, like for basketball season, we're up to a maximum 25% capacity in, in the gymnasiums, which most gyms are going to, you know, with the exception of Hutchison, which is a huge gym out there, and they host the national tournament. But most gyms are going to have, you know, 2,000 to 1,500 people maximum capacity. So you only get 25%. Well, when you stir in players, coaches, media, cheerleaders, all of a sudden, man, you got men's and women's teams from both schools. You got 200 people practically tied up, you know, and you don't have hardly any fans that are going to be able to come to the game. So revenue is obviously going to be a problem. And, you know, I don't know for sure what schools make off of you know basketball games football is a money-making sport pretty much for any university or college but i think you know thankfully since they have you know delayed the football season into the spring for the pirates 
it's going to give us a chance, hopefully, as a nation, as a world, to get things back right with the vaccines out now and, yeah. and you know, maybe not having to be quite so much social distancing issues and so forth. The crowds will come back. And, and obviously, fans want to come back. I mean, you know, they're foaming at the mouth to come to these games but they don't have an opportunity because of the restrictions that are put on them. So it has been very difficult for the schools and, and of course the programs. And you know, to me, to be real honest, I think it's probably the biggest crime is for the players because they deserve to have the fans there. These guys and girls, they work so hard in the off seasons to get ready for the season. And then they're playing to an empty house or an empty stadium, whatever the case is. So. It's difficult for them, it's difficult for the coaches, and it's difficult for the fans. So it has definitely been a um, very difficult hurdle for us to overcome. And, and I think everyone in the Jayhawk, including Independence Community College, is still trying to get over it. Uh, thankfully, I believe we've turned the corner and things are certainly improved. And you know, at this point in time, they're even talking about upping the fan capacity to 50% in the Jayhawk Conference going into this next week. So that's a big thing in itself, man, as we go down the stretch into the, the postseason. Well, another thing I wanted to ask you is, and look, being where I live in the Kansas City area, you know, if you're looking for toilet paper, paper towels, uh, Clorox wipes, whatever, you know, if you go to a Walmart and they don't have it, well, you can just go to the next Walmart or, or Target or Sam's Club. One of the other things I was really curious to know is, being in a small town, you don't have, you know, five Walmarts or, you know, all these different stores in in your area. Um, from a from a city standpoint, uh, how did independence uh, deal with um, deal with this pandemic? What does a small town go through in a, in a situation like this? Well, you basically, you know, when you're one store in town town or two stores and you know we have two major stores if you consider the, you know the walmart and then we also have another g and w supermarket um when they're out of things you're going to go out of town and you're just on a hunt it's like a treasure hunt man you're trying to find what you need wherever you got to go and you know me personally i mean i was going to joplin missouri which is an hour and 20 minute drive one way oh wow to look for some of this stuff and only to get over there to find out they don't have any so now you're you're kind of like trying to pick and choose some Dollar General stores and and obscure places in some of these even smaller communities than Independence and so yeah it was a big problem you know and it didn't affect you know just the metropolitan areas as you mentioned like in KC and other places where they had multiple places you could go to and eventually hopefully find what you wanted um, you know we had to be a little more diligent. And, you know, it's almost like you go in with bated breath, hoping that you just find something. I mean, there's literally people practically fighting over paper towels, toilet paper. Um, you know, it's, it's just a crazy scenario, something I never thought and even imagined it could happen in my lifetime. But it was unfolding in front of everybody's eyes. So it was a very difficult thing, I think, for everyone. But, you know, thankfully people kind of cooler heads prevailed. Um, everybody rallied together, understood we're all in this, you know, dilemma together. And this pandemic is, you know, now on top of us, on top of everything else. And I think, you know, it became an all for one type of mentality. And, you know, as a community, you have to pull together. 
And that's, I think, one of the benefits in being in a small town, you know, is, um, you know, there's a camaraderie and a love for each other and, and a togetherness. And that's really what we all had to do. Uh, it wasn't easy. And, you know, at certain times, it's still not easy now. But as human beings, that's what we do. We evolve and, and we progress. I want to make the transition and talk about your appearance on Last Chance You because, I mean, it's funny because a year ago today, you know, people were talking about, you know, if we're in quarantine, what are we going to watch on Netflix? Well, I, I mean, obviously, a lot of people watch you guys when the series came out. But during this time when a lot of people were at home, didn't have a lot to do, I'm sure there were probably a lot of new people who uh, watched the series and became familiar with you and everybody else. I think your backstory with the show is very interesting because I, I mean, I love the series. I've seen all five seasons and the trailer, the new trailer for the basketball season just dropped today. And I, I love seeing that. I'm looking forward to that next week. Um, but in the five seasons they've done, the three schools they went to, East Mississippi, Indy, and uh, Laney College in California, um, they did not really feature the play-by-play uh, -play announces as much as they talk to them, but honestly, I couldn't even remember their face or, or, or their names. Whereas with you, they featured you quite a lot. I remember there was even a scene where you're just walking your dogs at the park and they decided to follow you and, and show just some of that on, on the show. Uh, did you just kind of have a, a good rapport, a good connection with uh, you mentioned Greg uh, Whiteley, the, the producer, did you just kind of have a, a positive uh, connection with uh, with the producers and the and the camera crew when uh, when they came to film you guys. Well, I think I did. I hope that I did anyway. I felt like I had a good connection with them, and um, you know, Greg Whiteley. I have so much admiration and respect for him and his crew. I mean, they were fantastic. They were over at my house, you know, several times doing interviews and so forth with me walking my dogs, you know, we were in the park, we were in the cemetery and because that's what I do. It wasn't a scripted thing. They asked me, they're like, well, what do you do? You know, when you're not calling games and I'm like, well, I'm not a real exciting guy. I mean, I go for a walk in the cemetery with my dogs. They're like, okay, we're going to get a golf cart and we're going to put a camera on it and, and our crew and we're going to follow you. And that's what we're going to do. But I think part of it um, was simply the fact that they really liked my voice. They liked my delivery. Um, they they enjoyed the way I brought the games to life, and and I think that matriculated into a relationship between myself and them that allowed me to be the voice of Last Chance You, and I'm very very proud of that. You know that's something that you know I'll always be proud of, and and you know that to me was a tremendous experience, and and I think it was something that allowed the show to grow within the small town community itself and and the setting and the atmosphere is here you have a local guy and as we've talked man i don't have any formal training um i i just love the game and i love to broadcast and 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 i think that came across on the screen and i think fans all over the world resonated with that because i believe they understood how much i really love the pirates and you know it's not just i do this you know on the weekend and then i drive somewhere else and i live out of town and this and that and fly me in special to do this on the show and all this stuff i had people accusing me that i was from la or something and you know no you're like a trained voice or something i'm like 
No, I'm not. You know, I, I'm a guy from independence, man. I work like 13 miles away as a wellness coordinator in even a smaller town in Neodiche, Kansas. So it's, it's not that I'm this special planted person. I'm a regular guy that I just had the opportunity to do what Last Chance You wanted me to do and to bring the show to life. And thankfully, I got to be known as the voice of Last Chance You. And, and Greg Whiteley told me, he says, Jeff, he says, you make my job a lot easier because we use a lot of your sound bites yeah. for our show. And I had no idea what he was going to do exactly until season three came out and then season four kind of even evolved into another whole spinoff too. You know, what's so interesting. And uh, I mentioned uh, JB ha has been on the podcast before and he was telling me how overnight, you know, some of the staff and the players, their social media followers just shot up uh, because uh, the, the show uh, uh, was streaming on, on Netflix and all uh, and I don't mean this like as any disrespect, but, you know, with junior college football, um, you guys aren't getting uh, national coverage. Uh, whereas with this, I mean, and I've seen at JB, I know he's got thousands of followers on social media. I, you mentioned Jason Martin, who is now the head coach at Indy. Um, he's got a pretty strong following on social media, as do you. Uh, and when you compare, you know, other uh, coaches and players at junior colleges at other places outside of Laney and, and uh, East Mississippi. I mean, they can't even get the kind of recognition that you guys get. And it's all just from being, in fact, Jason mentioned, um, and I, I'm sure you've heard, I don't know if you've heard, listened to his podcast recently, but he recently reconnected with his daughter and he mentioned that the series on Netflix had a huge reason with it. I mean, you guys are just in a small town in Kansas of all places. And you guys are now big time celebrities. Do you ever kind of just look at that from that kind of point of view and just kind of chuckle at the fact that, you know, a lot of people just know who you are just simply from a Netflix series? Yeah, man, it's um, it's kind of surreal, to be real honest with you. Um, you know, when you say we're celebrities, I appreciate that. You know, I mean, I really do. Uh, to be real honest with you, I about the only thing that's changed in the life of Jeff Carpenter is I might get a little better seat in a restaurant every once in a while. Okay. Somebody will recognize who I am, you know? <laughs> but, um, things really haven't changed too much for me other than the fact, yes, I'm more well-known. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'll, even now when I go and do the junior college games, uh, you know, presently, like I'd mentioned for basketball, I'll go to, you know, the other schools and, you know, Butler, wherever the case is. And, you know, I have people come up and you're like, man, you're the guy from last chance you, you know, can I get a picture with you and stuff like that. And, you know, that's cool. It really is. But honestly, it doesn't change who I am because, you know, I came, you know, from a family that had strong ties and, and we were a strongly knit family. And I, you know, and my brothers and I, I mentioned, I have two brothers in Kansas city, Steve and Josh, and, and I stay in contact with them and, and, you know, we're a tight family and, and grounded and, you know, and humble. And that's how my parents brought us up and raised us. And, and that doesn't change, you know, I'm, I'm really, thankful that I, you know, have been a part of Last Chance You, and it is as successful as it is. And it's all over the world, obviously. I mean, I had people hitting me up, yes, on Twitter from France, and and I had a bunch of guys that played on a rugby team from Scotland, and they're in this 
pub and stuff and you know and they're like man you know we love the way that you do the play-by-play can you come and do our rugby games and i'm like dude i can't get to scotland how am i going to get over there <laughs> so you know it's it's kind of humorous when you think about it but that's the power of tv and that that's what it can do to anybody anywhere at any time and again it brought the life to independence kansas through the lens of the camera and last chance you and greg whiteley and he did such an amazing job with the cinematography of the show i mean yeah. i knew how the season was going to go obviously you know before season three came out and and i remember watching the show and i'm in awe even though i know how the game's going to end up and i'm thinking man this is cool you know this it looks like being in the movie theater you know so that again is the power of a producer like that and his crew and what they can do and their magic on the screen and and it was really incredibly nice to be a part of that but yeah man it's i don't know you know it, it's still kind of funny to me sometimes i'll go places and and even nowadays and i think it's because of the pandemic because people were inside so much that people are really getting in tune with Last Chance You because they were binge watching anything and everything they could get their hands on. And I'll have people come up to me now that I've known for years at my job, you know, that, that are that are clients that come into the gym where I work at. For 15 years, I've been there and all of a sudden they come in and they go, dude, you're a star on Netflix. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. And they're like, no, I just watched you the other night. And I'm like, is this the first time that you're watching Last Chance You? <laughs> We're talking, this there has been like know. four or five years ago, man. <laughs> but anyhow, that again, that's the power, brother, of of media and TV. And um, that that's something that I'll, I'll always hold dear in my heart, no doubt about it. A couple of things I wanted to ask you uh, about the show. Uh, First off, uh, I, I, you, you and JB seem like you've had a really cool. JB's a really interesting guy compared to um, Buddy um, Buddy Stevens, uh, who was uh, the mm-hmm. head coach from uh, East Mississippi. I remember there was at one point. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or if you remember this, where uh, East Mississippi they're in the locker room for halftime, and and the the coach is yelling at the camera guys, "Move out of the way! You're in the way!" At one point, he did like one of these weird karate kicks. I mean, I don't think he was trying to hit the camera, but it's like (laughs) he goes like this, like in front of the camera, basically. Whereas Jason, I mean, he's in a hot tub, you know, with a cigar or he's inside uh, his home, you know, with a drink, just very casual, very laid back with these producers. In fact, I remember I think it was season four because I remember that was a really tough year for independence. Um the Pirates lost a really tough game, and you're doing your post-game interview with him. And I've been there when, you know, a team just got their ass kicked and you're getting ready to interview a coach or a player. And you you kind of have to wait because you're not on air yet. You're you're waiting. And it, the seconds feel like hours because obviously JB's, you know, pissed <laughs> off because of the, of the way the game went. But he like, I don't remember what he said, but he cracked some joke with you. And you guys just kind of chuckled while you're waiting to get on air. Um, what What is, what's Jason like? Because he see, I really like the guy. I know he gets a lot of bad uh, rep from some people. In fact, there's someone who commented uh, who says, uh, you know, glad he's out of independence. But you know, he's a he's a real guy. And I, lo- I love his podcast. He, he says it how it is. And I think he comes off a little harsh, but 
he he really cares uh, about the students there. He doesn't care about just winning. He wants to make an impact with students. He brags a lot about, and, and rightfully so, that he has made all the. He, he helped uh, create, I think, 101 tra- uh, D1 transfers, and a majority of them have graduated. Whereas that's not the case. Not a lot of college uh, junior college coaches can say that. Well, from your experience, what is JB like? He's a real guy, man. I mean, you know, he he cares a lot about the kids and that's his primary focus and he's yeah. going to come off however people want to view him on the show and you got to remember you know for folks out there that really don't understand how these documentaries and stuff are put together there's 20,000 hours of footage that yeah. they end up pouring through and they're piecing together 45 minute shows and there's eight of them so what people are seeing is the way that they want the show to go. Now, that doesn't mean that it wasn't real stuff that was happening, but you can't put everybody's life into that film. And so everyone understands exactly who they are. And Jason Brown's a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. He always will be. Um, I, you know, I have a just a huge amount of respect for him and what he did at Independence Community College. You know, he brought respectability to our football program. Um, he's the one that brought to life Dream U, the Dream U Pirates. And, yeah. you know, people still refer to us as Dream U, as they should, because that's who we are. That's our persona. But JB is a great guy. He loves the kids. He, I think the thing that he resonates so well with the players and the athletes is that he's been where they're going and he's been through some hard times and um, he knows what these kids are going through coming off some of the streets of the meanest streets in the cities of the United States, you know, and it's their one shot. It is truly their last chance to get on to a better life, you know, whether it's division two, division one, eventually the NFL for some of them. And JB can guide them through those hostile waters, you know, that they're going to be faced with. But he also makes them understand that, you know, what you do on the field is so minute and small compared to what you can do in the classroom and for the rest of your future. Because if you don't win in the classroom, you're not going to win on the field. He says, because I can bring the recruiters here. He goes, but what you do in the classroom is going to solidify you that scholarship at the d1 level because if you don't have the grades you're not going anywhere and that was the one thing that i noticed multiple times with kids that he would bring them into their offices i was out there talking to him and stuff and 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 you know he would just lay it on the line he's he's a down-to-earth straight shooting guy he doesn't sugarcoat stuff and i think that's what the kids appreciated they didn't always like to hear what he's had to say and but the reality is he told them the way it was and you know if you don't tell people the truth and be honest with them up front you can't expect them to turn out to be the type of individual you want them to be and and that was the benefit and the bonus for jason brown when you talk about what he's been able to do for the school and the impact all that he's he's done uh you know i think it's so interesting because uh, he went on. Um, he went on Fox Sports. I don't know if you saw this. It's on YouTube. Uh, he's with Jason Whitlock and Marcellus Wiley, and Whitlock's grilling him quite a bit over the 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 cussing and and drinking. You know when the when when they're interviewing him, 
Jason's basically Jason Whitlock. That is, he's basically making it sound like you know he's an alcoholic and all he does is curse all the. It's like first of all, you know, coaches curse all the time. Not all of them are on a <laughs> damn camera. All right, it's like that's one thing. It, it, by the way, I, I think it's funny. And look, Whitlock's from the Kansas City area. I mean, it's we, we know about him a little bit. But um, as far as you know, his personality, you know. Why is it that he had this negative reputation? Because he mentioned on, on my podcast, and, I, and he's mentioned this other places as well, that, um, you know, the independents wanted him out. And I know there was some controversy, and I, and I think uh, he has mentioned that the text message was taken out of context. Um, why, why was he not uh, positively perceived by the, uh, by the public in independence? Well, you know... <laughs> there's always two sides to everybody and, and the opinion of the public. Um, and the way I viewed it and the way I truly believe that it unfolded is there's people that love JB, you know, that, that are loyal to him to this day. They understand who he is, what he did and what he brought to the program. Um, and then there's others that aren't. And the reality is in small towns, if, if you or whoever has not lived in a small community, you don't really understand how quickly it can be divided for whatever the reason. And if your community has a lot of the older population and people that have been there for generations and, you know, their family business has been handed down one after the other to the next kid and so forth, sometimes change is not well received. And when you have a guy like Jason Brown that comes in from California, you know, so already he's an outsider coming into a small bedroom community, if you will. There's a lot of people going to put up fences and blockades already from the get go without ever getting to know him. Yeah. And, and I think what happened is when Last Chance You Season 3 came out and there's a lot of language in it. But again, as you said, a lot of coaches, they cuss. That's their mentality. A lot of players, that's what they need to hear to get through to them. But for fans, when they see that and they know that it's going out all over the world and their town has been attached to it, I think they start thinking, well, this guy is a troublemaker and he's not a guy we want to represent our community. That's kind of the way I looked at it because I look or think outside the box, I guess is the best way to describe it, is I know a good coach when I see one. I've been around enough coaches over the years and doing what I do and playing sports and so on and so forth. I know a good coach when I see one. And I know a good motivator. I know a good recruiter. And JB could do all of those things. The reality is, though, you're not going to appease everybody. And when you're an outsider coming into a small community, you're going to have a hard time winning people over, even if you walk a fine line, let alone if you're controversial. And he was controversial, but that's how he does things. You know, he's he's a colorful figure. Uh, he's very outgoing. He says what he means. And sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. And if that happens, they have the right to their own point of view and their own opinion, granted. But again, you have to understand what this guy has done for this program. You can't have a winning program when you've been the doormat in the Jayhawk Conference for years. I mean, we had 21-game losing streak. We hadn't had a winning season in over 20 years you know, before he gets there. So the reality is, do you want to win? Or do you want a nice guy in there? 
that's going to play by your rules and do what you want him to do and act the way you want him to act? Or do you want to be a power team, not only in the Jayhawk conference, but nationally? And we are, we're a top five powerhouse in junior college football now, year after year. And that's a lot of it is attributed to Jason Brown, what he brought to Independence Community College. So you can't have it both ways. And unfortunately, I think that's what some people wanted and it just wasn't going to happen. This is the last thing I wanted to ask you, and this is actually about the the series and the and the production. So we see the final game of of season four, and then uh, they skip forward to the whole. Te- and I know you can't t- touch on that a whole text message thing, uh, and that's not what I was going to ask anyway. But when that whole thing went down, uh, they follow Jason. They actually, they I mean, he's reading tweets in front of the camera of all the criticism that he's, he's taking for that text message. And then they, uh, they kind of have like an interesting uh, conclusion to the series where there are a lot of people praising him, you know, from the president to the athletic director, Tammy, I believe you even uh, got to chime in a little bit in the end. They even reach out to um, Jeff Sims, who is uh, it was documented very well that, you know, uh, Jason worked for him and those two are bitter rivals now. Um, everyone just kind of started praising Jason in the end there. Um, kind of seemed like a nice end up. But, but the question is, you know, when that whole text message went down several months after the season, did the producers just reach out to you and say, hey, we want to comment from you about this. We want to add it to the to the uh, to the series. Do you get my question there? Yeah, absolutely. I understand what you're saying, brother. Um, the comments they got from me was prior to the text messaging. It was not a post comment made. Um, You know, my stuff that I did for last chance, you was all prior to what was going on. Now they did come to my house, you know, after the text messaging had happened and did an interview with me, but quite honestly, it never made it into episode into season four. So there was nothing that I did at that time that was on screen uh, from that interview. But Um, No, my comments, and I can only guess the other people's comments were prior to, um, you know, the reality is, yeah, it was a bad situation, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, and and I really don't need to know it, quite honestly, because that doesn't change my perception of who Jason Brown is and what the whole situation is at Independence Community College. Um, It's unfortunate it unfolded that way, but I think... You know, with having, you know, Jeff Sims and and some of the other people praising Jason Brown after the fact, the way that it's unfolded on screen, you know, after the text messages, supposedly, um, I think that was Greg Whiteley's way and Last Chance U's way of making the, the viewers understand that Jason Brown is a compassionate guy and he may be rough on the outside, but the reality is people do respect him. And, you know, even Jeff Sims, as you mentioned, made very positive comments about him. He said, hey, you have a camera follow you around every day for two years, yep. for 24 hours a day virtually. The only day they didn't work was Sunday, you know. So that doesn't give you a lot of time to be Jason Brown, you know, and be private. Because I've been over at JB's house many times in the backyard barbecues and stuff, just hanging out when the cameras aren't there. JB's still the same way. He's still the same guy, but 
he has a chance to relax and unwind and not have to worry about, you know, how people are going to perceive him and the scrutiny of it. And, and I think that's the thing is, you know, last chance you is authentic and, and none of the stuff that I was aware of was ever scripted and made up. I know a lot of people had made comments to me directly um, through Twitter and so forth and said, you know, oh, that cow scene where the farmer runs out with the gun, you know, and he acts like he's going to shoot him. Well, it was a, a tranquilizer gun, obviously, but, you know, it really happened. And, and you know, Greg Whiteley even told me that night because we had the coaches show at Turbo's Bar and Grill in Independence. He's like, man, it was the craziest thing. He goes, I couldn't have ever scripted anything better than that when it unfolded. So it's a legitimate show, authentic show. And I think they did a great job depicting the people involved in it. And uh, I have nothing but praise for it. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope all the oh, viewers out there enjoyed it and understand that, um, you know, the Dream You Pirates, um, you know, we're here forever, man. I mean, we're going forward. And, um, you know, like I say, we're looking forward to another great season this year. Uh, before we let you go, Jeff, uh, how can people connect with you on social media and uh, how can they listen to uh, you mentioned the uh, the Turbo uh, Sports Bar and Grill, the, the uh, show that you guys did, that, which was featured a lot on the show, uh, all the play by play, all the shows you do. How can people uh, tune into that? Well, you can find me on Twitter, uh, JC Radio Sports. I mean, that's my handle. You'll find me out there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn if people uh, go out there on that. Just Jeff Carpenter, you'll see me on there as well. Um, as far as the uh, coaches show at Turbos, I mean, it's not going on right now. I mean, obviously with COVID situation, we're, we're hampered and limited being able to do some of the things we want to do. I'm pretty confident that's going to kick back up again. Um, if that happens, um, as we anticipate, it'll be on our YouTube channel. So you could just go to IndiePirates.com and uh, that'll be on there. But, um, you know, you can follow me on uh, IndiePirates.com, uh, our YouTube channel for the basketball right now. If you're into basketball and hoops, uh, the Pirate men and women are going strong. And and then the Pirate football team, the Dream U Pirates, will also be on that YouTube channel as well for our live stream. Well, hey, man, uh, congratulations on uh, moving up and being able to do the basketball games as well. And also uh, getting recognized more often than not. I, I, you, you guys are kind of a celebrity, in my opinion, in my opinion. Uh, that's just me. But I, I appreciate you being humble uh, and definitely appreciate you making time for me here on the podcast. Uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Uh, you stay safe. Take care of yourself. And uh, we'll talk again down the road. Arzine, I appreciate it, my brother. God bless and uh, best of health to you. All right. You too, man. Thank you so much. Jeff Carpenter, the voice of the ICC Pirates and uh, also featured on Last Chance U. Very cool. Very cool to have him on. So we'll definitely have him on again sometime down the road. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of FarzCast. I'm Farzine Vasugian. Connect with me on Facebook, Twitter. You guys know the links. You guys also know how to catch this podcast on Apple, Google, wherever. Share the links. Spread the word. Tell your friends about the podcast. Until then, I'll talk to you guys Next week, I'm going to have likely uh, Zach Stegman, also uh, Brett Fitz, uh, Fritz, Fitzgerald, excuse me, from uh, Savage Sports Means. If you guys follow me on Facebook, you guys are familiar with his work. I share his work uh, quite a bit. He, he's a lot like me. He's a Chiefs fan. He's also a huge UFC fan. So we'll be talking a lot of MMA next week. So uh, we'll have him on next week and uh, a few other guests uh, as the month goes on. So until then, stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you guys then. Take care.